0: She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
1: A barrier to try to prevent um illegal immigrants from coming in. Um and I do think you have to control your border.
0: Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. It would
2: strengthen our borders. It would level the playing field by holding employers accountable if they knowingly hire undocumented workers. It would modernize our legal immigration system so that we eliminate the backlog of family visas, and make it easier to attract highly skilled entrepreneurs from beyond our borders. Now
0: Stacy Washington.
3: Welcome back to the program. I don't know if you're noticing that all of the audio today is from big name Democrats who are talking about securing the border and I loved just the uh, you know juxtaposition of the news that now the border wall funding is off the table and the shutdowns not gonna happen because the president is gonna seek other ways of getting this done because Democrats are literally standing in between Americans and safety and siding with illegal immigrants. yeah. But remember when they used to love the topic? They used to love border safety and national sovereignty, and they thought we were a country? It wasn't that long ago. That's what those uh, audio clips are for. Uh, I want to go back to the phones. We had some people hold on, which is so wonderful. Thank you so much for doing that. Brent in Indiana, thank you for calling and for holding on into hour two of Stacy on the right. Yeah, hi,
4: Stacey. Um, I'm actually in Iowa. As I I told your screener one of the, uh, Sorry, the main I never get states. the at
3: the abbreviations right.
4: I always that's love up okay. Hey, we share the heartland. It's cool. It's cool. You are okay. You are okay. <laughs> kind of close. Indiana's not was, that far away. <laughs>
3: but it's not right. It's Iowa and I should know these. Like what is going on well, with Oh I, I told your screener
4: I said I'm calling from one of the most important states, uh, you know, in the <laughs> United States, especially when it comes to the election. He goes, "Yeah, that's right." I said, "Yeah." But true, um it's true. Hey, yeah, yeah, true, true. Well, hey, um real quick, I wanna tie you up too much. i I call because, yeah, I listen to you on the drive home from work. I get off and I catch about the last twenty minutes of your show. and um, so I'm not gonna be able to hear you because a f a um you're on like till three, and mm-hmm. so since we're in central time here. Um, uh, but what I called about was I heard the, uh, part of the interview with the, uh, person who's a Democrat that leaves politics at the door. But then I just heard you say what I was calling about that. So basically the, uh, shutdown or the border funding is off the table. And, you know, that's the reason I voted for President Trump. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Like I told mm-hmm. you, that's the whole reason I voted. One was because, hey, you know what, you know, illegal immigration. I mean, for crying out loud, my wife is from South Korea. She's a naturalized citizen. You know what? I had to go through immigration and everything and got her nationalized and did everything the right way. And we haven't brought a single one of her relatives here. Okay? Mm. They still live in South Korea. Yeah? Okay? So... I'm, I'm I'm livid about this now. From what I just heard you say, I'm like I can't believe he's doing this again. Uh, I mean, he, he can basically kiss 2020 goodbye if he pulls this. Because coming January 1st, you know, and I know, and, and everybody else listening to your show knows, nothing's going to happen. It's just going to be the same dog and pony show.
3: Well, you know what? I'm I was encouraged to hear that he said he could do. Uh... What is it? What is it called? The 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 military could build, you know, using the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. They could build the wall using De- Department of Defense funding because it's a you know, it's a it's a national sovereignty issue. And uh, I'm hoping that he goes forward with that. Otherwise, I don't. So the thing that I see is if the president is able to do anything on the border, and I think the Democrats see it, too, uh, Brent, it's that he does anything on the border. He's assured reelection in 2020 if he doesn't do oh, anything on the border, he's not. And that's why they're fighting him so hard on it. It's obvious that they they like the illegal immigration, but they also don't want to give the president one of his signature issues. He got the tax reform and they've been able to blunt the impact of that for a lot of Americans by simply saying, well, it just wasn't good enough. It's crumbs. you know. Nancy Pelosi called thousands of dollars in, in tax breaks crumbs. And that's a marketing tool that they can use in their media apparatus. But they can't do anything if he gets the wall completed. If he gets the wall completed, that's it. He's he's in for another four years. I don't care. Kasich and every other Republican run, none of them will have a chance uh, to catch him. And that's why they're fighting it so no. hard. I just encourage people, Brent, we got to keep praying. We got to keep praying that he gets it oh, done. I, I, come I, hook
4: or crook. I'm on my knees on that one. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but absolutely. To, 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 to say, you know, here's, here's my one thing. Um, I believe you're a veteran, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless you. Thank you so much for your service. Really oh, appreciate you. it. Uh my dad was a veteran World War II. uh my brother was Army and Navy and our oldest son is Air Force. He just got out in July. He's oh, wow. still in the reserves. I I you know as much as I mean President Trump should use the military. I don't want him taking the money away from the military. They need their raises. They need their increases. They need to get paid. You guys deserve that, okay? You fought for our country. I don't want that money going to build the wall. No, he needs to just shut the government down, plain and simple. (sighs) Use that on the Corps of Engineers, but shut the government down and tell them there's nothing happening. And, I mean, because it's not just, well, Stacey, look, it's not just the Democrats. It's just the some of the
3: Republicans, too. Yes, it is. Yes. It's,
4: It's the Republicans, and I hate, and you know what? I'm a Republican, but I mean, I don't have any other party really that I could go to. So, you know, <laughs> right. I could, I'd be jumping ship, you know, I mean, it's if, like, if there hey, was another one, our own party. <laughs> a lot
3: of us would be in it because we're so upset with these Chamber of Commerce Republicans who, you know, God bless you, Chamber of Commerce, but cheap labor is not more important than national right. sovereignty. Uh, I agree with you. And thank you so much for the, the service that your family has offered on behalf of this nation uh, and for your call today. I just... I feel like the president is up against a brick wall, and he doesn't. He's he's trying to negotiate which of these is the least horrible option. Shutting down, you know, just it's. I think it's only thirteen percent of the government. Shutting down like six agencies, or um, going forward and and working around these these Democrats. And so I'm I'm waiting. I am waiting to see what he's going to do. Um, I I don't. I don't know what's going to happen, but we just, let's just keep, um, let's just keep praying. Let's keep praying for uh, the, what, what we're going to have. Um, so we are also going to be talking to, you. Let's, let's have one more phone call, Mary in Kansas. Mary, thank you so much for calling the show today. Well,
1: thank you for uh, letting me be on. My comment was that I have heard so much negative talk about President Trump and Mrs. Trump, but I called their switchboard today and that's. and left them a comment through President Trump and Mrs. Trump. She's been so disrespectful. She's the first lady would be the one to look at what clothes to wear, how to fix your hair and, and, you know, and what they're doing with the kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she's just not respect. And I'm tired of an ex-president's wife getting more uh, out there. So I'm asking people, flood their comment line for the rest of the week. Give them your support. Wish them a Merry Christmas. So I'm asking your listeners to do that. If you know somebody that doesn't get to listen to you, call them. But just call them and wish them and uplift them. Because I am just so tired of the disrespect that they're getting from their own party and from the Democrats. And I think Mrs. Trump needs to have a little love. So uh, oh, Mary, what I I, did, well, did you catch
3: her dress out? Oh, she she's already she's already said goodbye. I was going to ask her. if She caught the Christmas card picture. I follow President Trump on Instagram and he has uh, put a repost of his wife's Instagram page where she has their Christmas card photo where they're walking or they're they're standing in the White House among all of the Christmas trees and she's wearing the white gown from uh, I think it was the night before last or it was last night one, one of the most recent nights where they had an event at the White House and she was stunning in this white it's a midi dress so it comes down to the middle of her calf and it is um It's like this bright white, maybe it's sequins. It's a, it's kind of a modest dress in it in that it covers a lot of her, her body. There's, there aren't any cutouts or anything. And it has a a very high boat neck, but the, it's form fitting and it's a gorgeous dress. And uh, she just looks phenomenal all the time. And I know, you know, we're to look at the inner man and I'm not trying to make too much out of her appearance, but it is interesting that she's not getting more media attention for her uh, her clothing choices or anything like that. In, in other words, that she would be given accolades for that type of thing. It's pur- purely political and it's kind of sad. I think, you know, listen to the podcast. Definitely call the White House switchboard and leave a kind word. It's always good to lift people up and to encourage them uh, during the holiday season. So that's pretty fantastic. Now, we are going to get back to the show sheet. We have this... Uh, border crisis. It's time for Democrats to work with Republicans to solve it. RNC's chairwoman Rona McDaniel had this comment to make, and I thought it was really appropriate uh, for today's news about the wall. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, and I still don't know what's going to happen. I'm not counting President Trump out. I refuse to be drugged down in the Christmas season by this information. So let's listen to number two.
1: The president is not bluffing. It will be Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi who shut the government down. We have a border crisis. We know that border uh, crossings are up 90% over the same time a year ago. We know that uh, unaccompanied minors are up 44%. We know the walls work in San Diego and Tucson and Yuma and El Paso. Border crossings were down 90% from illegals. This is something that we need for our country. Democrats voted for it in 2013. Fifty four Democrats voted for all these reasonable measures. Why aren't they coming to the table now? The president is saying we're going to get this job done. Come to the table and fix this with me.
3: And that would be normal. But let's let's face it. Aside from our guests from last hour, we don't have a lot of Democrats who see compromise and working together as something that's worth doing. The proof of that is that. The DACA deal has no longer, it's no longer something Democrats discuss. As soon as the president said, I'll give you every single DACA member, they'll have legality to be in the U.S. and a pathway to citizenship, I want the wall and the end of chain migration, they stopped talking about it. Look around. Look on every channel. You don't hear Democrats talking about DACA. It's almost like someone sent out an email and said, don't discuss it. Never say it again. You know, I... <laughs> These people were the most important people in America for like five years, and now we can't get a Democrat to even say the word DACA because President Trump said, okay, you know, um, I, see what you're, I see what you're saying. You have a, a desire to, um, to give these people an opportunity to stay here, and I have a desire to make sure that we're going to have uh, these immigration priorities taken care of, and that's within the purview of the executive, so let's make a deal Uh, I give you the amnesty that you want, and I I completely put myself at odds with my political party and endanger my reelection, but I'll give you the amnesty. You just give me these things. They're not willing to give an inch. There is no compromise on immigration other than open borders, which is, I mean, can you believe it? Can you believe that that's where we are right now? So I wanted to also... uh, huge announcement. Martha McSally, I guess, is going to take the seat left open by the death of Senator John McCain. Remember, she ran for a, a seat against Kirsten Cinema and was robbed. Her election, it, the, the Democrats totally robbed that election. Uh, vote fraud, just totally frauded that puppy up. And now it looks like she's going to take Senator John McCain's seat The appointment, it was Senator John Kyle, a previous former Senator John Kyle was going to fill the position in an interim type role, which he's been doing. And now it looks like Martha McSally will have that seat. I just saw it on uh, Independent Women's Voice, just posted something about it. Exciting news, really great stuff, Uh, really exciting. Um, So that's fantastic. And then um, I wanted to also go over a little bit more of this information about the hearing this morning. Apparently, it was a dramatic, hot mess, um, which, again, kind of unbelievable. Now, what we've got going on is that you, you see General Flynn, um, the, the further into this thing we get, the more we begin to understand that not only is this not about collusion, but that General Flynn was railroaded. Um so we'll get we'll get into that when we get back. We have more Stacy on the right here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk up next. We're going to be listening to Angel Mom slamming Pelosi for her talk about uh, the cost of the border wall. Stay there.
2: American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Lynn Ingram and Jim Duncan, two Texans, support and believe in our ministry here at AFA and AFR. We know more about the laundry business than anything else. We know a little bit about a lot of things, but we know a lot about the laundry and dry cleaning business. They created a laundry detergent to sell to folks to support AFA.
1: We just want to be able to provide a product that can be
2: used by AFA to support the ministry. When you wash your family's clothes with Redeem Clean laundry detergent, you can take great satisfaction in knowing that you're supporting the vital work of the American Family Association. It's a unique way to increase your giving to AFA. For clean laundry and support of a cleaner society, it's Redeem Clean. Learn more about the Redeem Clean products when you visit redeemclean.afastore.net.
0: Hello, this is Bishop Harry Jackson of Hope Christian Church in Beltville, Maryland. Jesus said you would do greater works than he did. We have an opportunity. Martin Luther, when talking about the gospel, said that essentially preaching the gospel is one beggar helping another beggar find morsels of food. What he meant is that whatever we're going to get, whatever we need, is going to come by the beneficent mercies of God. It's not going to come by earning it. It's going to come by him freely giving out of the bounty and the riches of his grace. Not what we deserve. Oh, Lord, not what we deserve. (laughs) But he has given us that which we don't deserve. Out of the richness, out of the largesse, out of the bounty of his grace, out of the kindness of his character, out of the goodness of his heart. And he's saying in the midst of all that, I'm commissioning you to be a co-laborer and a witness unto me. And you're going to do some greater works to show forth my kindness in a lost and dying world. Your works are going to shine forth like light in darkness. Your activity, your prayer, your anointing, the glory that's on you, you'll be a signpost for those seeking truth. Join us this Sunday morning at 6251 Amondale Road in Beltsville or on the web at thehopeconnection.org. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
1: We needed to do a press conference here at a port of entry, um, especially in light of what happened at the White House the other day with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Um, we want to let President Trump know that Angel Families backs his plan up to shut down the government until we get border funding for our wall. Um, Nancy Pelosi talks all the time about what a waste of money the wall is, but what Nancy Pelosi fails to do is talk about what will happen if we don't build a wall. As far as I'm concerned, my son's life was priceless, and he didn't deserve to die the way that he did. and so. So um, this is why Angel families wanted to come here and make our point and tell our politicians to get off their duffs that they need to start doing something to protect Americans. And um, not one more American life should be lost at the hand of an illegal criminal.
3: Mm. I mean, how do you come up against that? Like, how do you disagree with what she just said? She's talking about her child that's been killed by an illegal immigrant, her own child who she can't see him again on this side of eternity. And there's, what, a cost we're putting on that? I thought we were just trying to save one life. I thought if we just, could, just one life, just if we could save the life of one child, so everybody turn in your AR-15s, which obviously the answer to that is no. No, and stop talking about us turning in our AR-15s. We're not doing that. Uh, what, what, is, what is the reason why we can't get any Democrats to admit that these parents who've experienced this It's a devastating loss that they've experienced, that they have every right to want to see less loss, to see the border secured, to see people who did these crimes brought to justice and to be assured that it's not going to happen again. Yeah, I I mean, I just I just want to know, when do we see any Democrats talk about this? They're always talking about just one life on the school shootings and I absolutely think we need to do something about the prevalence of school shootings, better mental health interaction with law enforcement, better reporting from, let's say, the U.S. Air Force to uh, the NICS database. That would have prevented one of the mass shootings that we saw. And fewer refugees coming in. It, again, you know, the Pulse nightclub shooting, that didn't have to happen. Those people didn't have to be here. Um, I, know, I know it's... it's unpopular to say, but I'm not here for popularity. And the last thing I'm here to do is to make friends and be popular. If that was the case, I would be doing the thing that I, that I, the thing that I love to do besides radio and, and sitting here with you is I love interior design and you know fixing up homes and furniture and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm actually pretty decent at it. And that is what I could be doing. If I wanted to be popular, I could have 100,000 followers on Instagram and be redoing people's living rooms and dining rooms and stuff and never talk about politics. But that's not what I'm called to do. I can do all the decorating I want to on the other side of eternity. There's going to be lots of fun to be had, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to do that stuff then. For now, this is the primary passion that I have is the telling the truth, not making friends. I'm not here to make enemies, but I don't really care who's upset about what I'm saying. What I care about is if it's the truth. And the truth is Democrats don't care about children. If they did, they'd say what we need to do is reverse our stance on anything as a family and any family is as good as any other family and start telling the truth. The best family is an intact one and that people who are already in this situation need our support as a community, not as taxpayers, not as government, but as community. But the best way for Americans to succeed is to wait until after they're married to have children, wait, until the, to, wait to get married until after they've graduated from high school minimum, And for us to stop demonizing the trades, bring back the elevation and respect and reverence for people who work the trades. Oh, but that would be too much like right. Also, you know, just as an aside, why can't the Democrats just admit that if all cultures were equal, we wouldn't have people from El Salvador and Honduras and Mexico pouring into America? Because if their cultures were equal to ours, there would be nothing here to attract them. It has to be that American culture and American society is superior because almost everybody on the planet wants to live here. Now that we've got that out of the way, we have to admit that it's not that white people are making it detrimental or their racism is killing this country. You know, history is what it is. White people founded this country. They brought it to where it is. And everyone here now is contributing. And that's fantastic. But demonizing white people doesn't change the historical truth about how this place came to be. And it was flawed. And there were things going on that plenty of white people didn't agree with the slavery. Plenty of white people did. They made a compromise. But here we are. And I would just defy any black person who's here who's de- descended from slaves, such as myself, to, well, you know what? I'd really rather be back in the country that sold me into slavery. The blacks who sold my ancestors into slavery. I'd really rather be a, na- in a-, a nation or a part of that nation, a-, a citizen of that nation, instead of being an American please. You know that's not true. You're just saying stuff. So when we start dealing in facts, these inconvenient truths, as Al Gore would say, these, uh, you know, really, they're uncomfortable sayings and things that we're putting out there where we're just, you know, it's so unfortunate. It's not unfortunate. The only thing that's unfortunate is if you're actually running around promulgating the belief that America is a racist nation that is hateful to immigrants and blacks and minorities are oppressed. Meanwhile, blacks and minorities and, 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 and immigrants from all over the world are just clawing their way in here, clawing their hands down to nubs trying to get into America. If it's that racist and that awful and that terrible, then how, why would any person of color of any nationality want to be an American citizen? Uh-oh, looks like too much truth is flowing out. We better go back to talk about how we we're all victims and go Joe Biden, he, they're gonna put us back in chains. What chains are they talking about? What, what chains have blacks or Hispanics or Asians or anybody been in in the modern era? Well, actually, we have, there have been some chains. Let me expound. Uh, the chains that we've been in are the mental chains of victimhood. Thinking that we are less than, because of the permanent tanniness of our skin, to quote uh, Lonnie Poindexter, to really have as our ethos a mantle of victimhood that actually defies the scripture that says we can do all things through Christ Jesus, that we have the mind of Christ. Oh, I guess it's time. I have to go back into my, my listing. I love keeping this listing around because it's so good. Um, who does God say that I am? Nowhere in the Bible, in John 1, 12, it doesn't say, uh, but to all whites who have received him. No, it says, but to all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. The right, not, not, not the, uh, you know, if you're not this race or if you are that race, it says here, John 1, 12, but to all who have received him, those who believe in his name, whose name? Jesus Christ. He has given the right to become God's children. I I defy you. Print this list out, walk around your house, and read these scriptures aloud so you can hear them, say them, and see them. Engage all of your senses in these. Do that for a few minutes. You don't even have to get all the way through. And if you're not hooping and hollering and praising God's name and understanding that you have the ability to do all things in Christ Jesus, then you're not reading it loud enough. You're not listening to your own voice. Listen to what God's word says about who you are. Not one place in scripture does God delineate his blessings are for people who are tanned or untanned, or, you know, slaves or free or descended from slaves or never been a slave, slaveholders. He doesn't say any of that stuff. I am a branch of the true vine, a conduit of Christ's life. John 15, one and five says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. I am the vine, you are the branches. It doesn't say you white folks are the branches or you yellow folks, it says you. That's any person who can hear it is a you, is one of the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. Guess how you cannot bear fruit if you're constantly looking at your skin and trying to figure out how can I be uh, more of a victim? Well, victims don't have any place on the branches. Because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. It doesn't say if you're white or black. It just says you can't accomplish anything without him. I am a friend of Jesus. I no longer call you slaves because a slave doesn't understand what his master is doing. I have called you friend because I've revealed to you everything I've heard from my father. John fifteen fifteen the God who called the entire universe into being and holds it together with the power of his mouth says you're his friend. You accept Jesus Christ. You're a friend to our maker. And Jesus Christ is your co-heir. And you're worried about racism? We're, we're concerned with what? Uh, income inequality? What can be more unequal than the difference between someone who believes in the most high and someone who does not? That is the inequality, and it's easily rectified by simply accepting the truth of the gospel and moving forward in power and strength and a sound mind, which is what God has called us to. I have been justified and redeemed, but they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 3.24. Romans 3.24 says, you, again, no tan, tan, in between tan, whatever hue you're sporting, You have been justified and redeemed. That's it. No caveats, no little extra bullet points, no parentheses. You justified and redeemed. My old self was crucified with Christ. I am no longer a slave to sin. Romans 6, 6 says we we know that our old man was crucified with him so that the body of sin would no longer dominate us so that we no longer be enslaved to sin. You know what sin looks like? Constantly saying, well, you know why I can't do that? Because I'm black and the man is trying to hold me down. What man is it? Who is it? What magic man can compare to the beauty of our Lord who, who honestly, his voice is like thunder? His feet are like bronze, beautiful in the temple. We can't even look upon the radiance of his light. His presence lights up all of heaven. The one who, his voice is like rushing water. That God, I mean, help me out here. I will not be condemned by God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you cannot be condemned and be in Christ Jesus. You have to pick one. I choose to be in Christ Jesus. The condemnation is too heavy. It gives you gray hair. It makes you want to overeat. It brings you down. It is the enemy's way of setting you up for sin. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That's where we dwell. That is our place. I've been set free from the law of sin and death. For the law of life-giving spirit in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death, Romans 8.2. We're set free from all that. All we have to do is repent and turn away from our sin, and we are justified and redeemed and able to walk on. No condemnation, no engaging in regret released and unleashed to do the will of our father and to be effective disciples, bringing other people to the table, showing the starving hungry masses where the buffet is and telling them, accept Jesus and eat. That is our role, not the role of, well, you know, I would have been able to do it. I should have been able to do it. I could have been able to do it, but you know, racism or I'm a woman and the patriarchy is keeping me down, you know, I'm a feminist and feminists have to acknowledge that you know, white men are just keeping all the rest of us from earning as much money. No, you know what's keeping you from earning as much money? You, you earn as much money as you want to. The sky's the limit. Or you could address yourself to um, the God-given roles that we've been given as women, which is we're, we can work, we can do whatever we're called to do, but first it's the home. God has called us to a place of righteousness and control in the home where our it's literally our duty to set up the home in such a way that we not only glorify God, but that our marriages are benefiting from it and that our husbands are better able to execute their duties outside of the home, in the home as the head, but outside of the home as the head of the home, you know, bearer of the, the burdens, bringer in of all of the income, you know, caring for the wife and the children, taking care of the, the bread winning and the, the, the investing and the saving and all that. A man whose wife knows her Proverbs 31 role is going to excel in the marketplace because he need not worry about the children or his home or how any of that is run. His wife is heading up that domain and making it happen and acknowledging his headship submitted. And he is able to go out into the workplace and earn and burn. He's able to be known in the gates He is the head and not the tail. He has hinds feet. He has been prayed over by his wife and he is supported by her and he experiences the fullness of the relationship with Christ through the ministration of his wife. That is our calling. Not feminism, not anger, not railing at men. God's word has given us Every single option for not just success and abundant living, but for chasing after the king, kingdom and having everything else added to us. And what we're doing is we're showing, you know, we're, we're just operating in the same way that people who don't know Jesus Christ are operating. And there's nothing attractive about that. And so as we see the culture continue to degrade, we know that we can still walk in victory and joy and peace and abundance and everything can flow because we serve God and we are in him. We are hidden in God with Christ, that his wings, are the, the shadow of his wings are our fortress. He, he is our high tower. We run to him and are made safe. We don't have anything to fear in all of these things. There's no fear. But I mean, what are we gonna do? i gonna sit around and keep talking about how we can't do this and we can't do that? Are we going to accept the truth about ourselves? Romans fifteen seven says, I've been accepted by Christ. Receive one another then. Just as Christ also received you to God's glory, we are accepted by Christ. We're fellow heirs with Christ. We've been called to be saints to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be saints with all those in every place who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, their Lord and ours, called to be saints. In Christ Jesus, I have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He is the reason you have a relationship with Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in you. Do you not know that you are God's temple? It doesn't say only the white people are the temple or the black people only are the temple. No, it says you are God's temple. God's Spirit lives in you. You can do all things through Christ Jesus. You can do all things through Christ. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll live in it. And I'm sharing it with you. You take it. And let's get these things done. For him. Not for me. Not for anybody else. For him. We're doing these things. We're working for him. We're arrows for him. We are doing these things for him. We'll be back with the last segment of the show and we'll take your calls, 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. Keep it here. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment.
1: Everyone loves to work on their strengths, but only great people work on their weaknesses. The ability to take an honest look at yourself and examine who you are, what makes you tick, what makes you do the things you do, is a mark of maturity for a mentor leader. This self-examination should be more intentional and regular, not something dictated by the demands of a particular moment. In everything we do, our desire should be to honor God by actively seeking to become more like people He wants us to be. Not only is an unexamined life not worth living, to echo Socrates, but it's also a weak place from which to lead.
3: Tony Dungy, author of the popular Uncommon book series. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com.
2: Oh, what's that song we used to sing? Um oh amazing grace it was one of them where, where we say amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me you know they took the word wretch out many people took the word wretch out they said because they that you know don't, don't say that that that's offensive but without Jesus you are a wretch
0: don't miss Bishop E. W. Jackson and the awakening weekday mornings at 9 Central on Urban Family Talk.
3: There are many ways you can listen to the shows of Urban Family Talk. One of those ways is through our very own app. Whether you have an iPhone or an Android, just go to the App Store and search for Urban Family Talk. You'll have immediate access to 24-hour programming as well as the podcast for each show. You'll be able to tune in no matter where you are. Speaking of tuning in, we have our own channel on another radio app called TuneIn. Cool, right? Urban Family Talk is everywhere. Just download the app and take us wherever you go.
2: A dear sister in the Lord who is a writer for the AFA Journal wrote an astonishing article about idols. In this article she attests to the fact that if we are truly honest with ourselves we will find things or people whom are more important in our lives than our relationship with God. Let's just say when I read this I did my own soul searching and found a few. There are several passages in God's word where he tells us to not idolize things or people. Even the very first two commandments warns us about idolatry. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 21 John tells us to keep ourselves from idols idolatry is sin and it could be your career your marriage your car including yourself john piper says it best sin is what you do when your heart is not satisfied with god how do you get satisfied and excited about god refresh your memory of what the savior of the world did on the cross and ask the lord to help you make him number one in your life with a heart for the urban family i'm today's urban woman victory mcintosh connect with us more at urbanfamilytalk.com
0: You can download episodes of Stacey of the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
4: You know, the one thing I think we would be able to unite on is Medicare for all would wind up meaning Medicare for none. If Democrats want to take that view to the American people and uh, seniors, particularly people who are now covered by Medicare, understand the ramifications of that. There is no way that will happen and there's no way voters will let it happen.
3: (laughs) Yeah, because most people understand that the one thing Barack Obama's Obamacare did was uh lied to the American people about the 2500 a year in savings people are spending 10 times as much on their insurance and some people have gotten divorced to try to uh, to just to stem the outflow of dollars they are still living together they're still in a relationship they just aren't married because they couldn't afford the premiums and these are the lies that we were told not just by Barack Obama although he was the chief purveyor but by Democrats and so yet another failed policy that they refused to take Uh, You know, any responsibility for and Americans lives have been negatively impacted now they they ran on it successfully in the midterm because that that is just the serpent's tongue. Is it not when when you know someone has lied to you, they sold you a bill of goods and then they actually take that lie and capitalize on it and use it to win something else like the midterms that they won the house back. Now, part of that was the record number of retirements, and part of it was we needed to clean house and get some of these rhino, non-Republican Republicans out of that area. But some of it was just straight-up chicanery by the Democrats. Uh, You know, I'm not sure exactly how else we can describe it. Now, I want to turn to a little bit of pop culture. Um, We don't want to only have heavy topics today. This, to me, was hilarious. So you must know uh, Alfonso Ribeiro, he is the... He played the role of Carlton Banks on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air back in the day. Really popular television show that still runs in syndication. And you can also get the DVD box sets. I mean, it's just like, it's still an iconic kind of television program. And he is suing the makers of the most popular video game in the entire world, which is Fortnite. Fortnite. The lawsuit was filed in U.S. federal court on Monday. Ribeiro alleges that Fortnite creator Epic Games has used his famous dance. They call it fresh and it's something that you can win um, in the game and then you get to do the dance in the game. And uh, the the character does the dance identical to Alfonso Ribeiro, wh- who does it in a very specific way. He... Created the dance for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and has gone on to make it famous. He does it everywhere he goes. When he goes on late night television, people always ask him to do uh, the Carlton Banks, which is the nickname for the dance. And he's been doing it. And so they use the dance without his permission. And uh, he has retained uh, the law firm of Pierce, Bainbridge, Beck, Price, and Heck. And their statement is, quote, it is widely recognized that Mr. Ribeiro's likeness and intellectual property have been misappropriated by Epic Games and the most popular video game currently in the world, Fortnite. Epic has earned record profits off of downloadable content in the game, including emotes like Fresh. Therefore, Mr. Ribeiro is seeking his fair and reasonable share of profits Epic has earned by use of his iconic intellectual property, in Fortnite and as a result is requesting through the courts that Epic cease all use of Mr. Ribeiro's signature dance. The law firm explained it is also representing Mr. Ribeiro as he pursues similar claims against NBA 2K developer Take-Two Interactive and Visual Concepts. Earlier this month, rapper 2 Millie sued Epic Games for using his Millie Rock dance without permission. Now, I'll admit to you that I know what the Carlton Banks is, but I don't know what the Millie Rock is. Maybe I've seen it and I just don't know what it's called. I will Google it later, but this story is kind of interesting because what he's saying is the dance was coined by him, it was created by him, and it's a part of popular culture, but using it to create profits means that they're actually appropriating his intellectual property. And he is actually looking uh, to copyright the dance, and so he's in the process of doing that. It's a moneymaker. It's so recognizable, and it is such a kind of joyful um, cultural nod like it when you see people doing the dance it's not it It instantly makes people feel good and it's it's fun it's something that should be celebrated and i'm glad that he's gonna i, I don't know how to how to work for him if, if he'll be able to prevail but it is nice to see someone defending something that's that's nice as opposed to uh some of these other things this these other fights that are going on um so also in other news stacy on the right show news that is the headband's still in full effect mode, and I've enlisted the help of Happy Elves, who now, these are my friends, when they're out, <laughs> they text me. <laughs> they're like, "Have you? do you have this one? The headband's, because I'm getting close. I'm actually getting close to having 25 of them. I don't yet have 25, but just to show you, I'm just going to hold these up on the camera. Check this out. These are all the ones I've already worn. I've worn all of these on the show so far. And to include the first one, I think I wore in December, um, which because December 1st was on a weekend, so it wasn't on the show. But um, I, wore, I wore this one on the show. This one's from Home Depot and it lights up. It has different lighting configurations, straight flash and then straight on and then off. That actually, I think this one's pretty cool. Um, so if you're listening and you're thinking, what is she talking about? I wear these headbands. There's one for each day, December 1st through December 25th. And I will, I've been known to wear them out in public. And when people see them, then they'll say, wait a second. And then they come over and they say hi. And sometimes we take a picture together. And it's a great way to meet people uh, who either listen to the show or know about the headbands. They follow me on Instagram. Um, just to say hi. Not n- There's no there's no fan stuff going on for me. Now, I, I don't consider people who like the Facebook page or listen to the show to be fans. Um, you're listeners to American Family Radio. And I'm just privileged to be here to get to speak to you, uh, and also Urban Family Talk. Just privileged to be here to get to speak to you. That's how that works. Um, so right now, uh, in addition to that, I have a couple other pieces, but let's go to the phones. Keith in Michigan, Mississippi. I have no idea.
4: Hi. Hey, thanks for <laughs> Hi. taking a call. <laughs> sure. Hey, I love your headbands. <laughs> yes, I've seen them on Facebook. <laughs> They're cracking up. I love them.
2: They're,
4: They're fun. They're hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I just wanted to say, man. Just uh, before you went on a break, the spirit was moving you, and you were preaching it, girl. I was just dancing in my seat and at my desk, and I was loving it.
3: Hey, I we we need these we need these moments where if you're listening to the world, you are nothing. You're you're oppressed. You have victimness, victim that. Everyone's against you, but God's word never talks to us like that. That is one thing I've noticed. I, I never go into the word. I never crack my Bible open looking for something or doing my Bible study homework or whatever. I never go in there and see, well, today's not your day. You're just a victim. And I. if you just make it through this day, then you're just going to be so lucky. God never talks to us like that. He only tells us what we can do. He tells us how we can do it through Christ. And then he describes the steps that we need to take. And sometimes it involves a lot of obedience and patience and waiting and letting him really, he's working on us. And so there's nothing instant, but there's always, we can get encouragement from there. We can hear him speak to us and say to us as his children you're you're going not only are you going to make it but you're going to make it in Christ you're going to be an example you're going to have a testimony you're going to be able to share and i'm just oh, yeah. so tired of the victimhood i'm so exhausted by it i just want to grab people by the shoulders and shake them really hard and say stop it here's some scripture cards that i got off ebay take these you know amen yeah
4: i, I love it i love it and thank you so much for giving the encouragement and the word and sometimes a kick in the pants called a, a Extorting, or ex- whatever. Oh, it is. right, it's extorting. Just kick in the pants. Sometimes yes. people need to kick in the pants and say, "Come on, get up, yeah. move on." Yeah, get, get you up. You are a child of God.
3: That's right. Pick up your mat and get on. Get on down the road and clean up your stuff too. Get get on. Get get in gear. That's that's what I'm saying. And it, I'm not saying it in a in a way that's condemning. We all get sucked in. You know, I, what I'm glad of is that yep. no one could hear the inner thoughts that we all all of us do. it. We are like, oh, I can't believe you did that. And we're really negative in our inner thoughts. And God wants those thoughts to be of him as well. So we all need to hear it. I, I'm trying to encourage myself by sharing this as well. All of us are impacted by the culture of victimhood. We can't stop it because it's everywhere. So what we have to do is fight back by going to the word and saying, what does God say about me? What does God say about my circumstance? And he always has uplifting good things to say to us.
4: Praise God. Thank you. Thank you so All
3: right. Much. Thanks for calling, Keith. Um, I, I, I hope people are getting this in the, in the spirit in which it's been given. You know, I just, I don't have time for the condemnation or for any of us, any of us. If you're listening to this air, I do not have space for you to accept victimhood because you have to be encouraged. You have to be listening to the show, get informed, uh, you know, maybe get a little outraged, you know, get, get activated, go into the area that God has for you to go into. Um, you're not any place by accident. If you're volunteering at your kid's school, you're a light there. If you're at a workplace and whatever you're doing at your workplace, whatever your role is, you're a light there. People are watching you. If they have any inkling at all that you're a Christian they are looking out to see, well, you know, is he a hypocrite? Is she, is she someone who likes to, you know, stir up drama? Does she keep the peace? And so we're not looking for perfection here. God can't expect perfection from us because we are human beings. He knows our form. But he can't expect us to rely on him and to be ever more just running, chasing him down, looking for him because that's what he's doing for us. He's constantly seeking a deeper relationship with each one of us. That is what he's looking after. He's waiting on us to call on him, the circumstances that we're, that we're experiencing. And it's, this is not genie in a bottle time. This is not God, well, okay, he's waiting on me to call. All I gotta do is call on the name of the Lord and he's gonna instantly solve my this or my that. And there are times when God will, you know, through his providence, he'll solve something that is a problem. You just pray, you're like, Lord, I would really, really like to know. That has happened to me before. I was in distress. I was here at home by myself and I was thinking, you know, I just can't take this anymore. I said, Lord, I just wish I could know what's going on so I can move on because I'm so, I'm so upset. I prayed that prayer and less than a minute and 30 seconds later, the phone rang and it was the person who had the answer to what I wanted to know. And he called and apologized to me for not telling me what was going on and then informing of, and it was not the news i wanted it was the news i did not want to hear but i was so grateful that god answered my prayer so i was no longer in limbo wondering what was going on i just accepted it and you know then you move into grief when you've been told no i'd been clearly told no at that point and i just i began to you know grieve over the situation um, but it was god answering my prayer that i wouldn't have to be in limbo anymore that i was most grateful for and in the end you know, I didn't see it at the time, but in the end, God worked it out for my good so much. I mean, it's like night and day. You think you want a, you're praying for it. It's in your prayer journal. You're just working. You're just like, i am going for it, Lord. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I know you're going to answer my prayers. And then you get told no. And you're like, wait a second. I just know this is what I was supposed to do. And God is like, yeah, that's what you know, but I'm the, I, I order your steps. I can see the future. I'm in all places at once. I know exactly what is best for you, and I'm going to give you the best for you, which we are usually convinced that the best for us is whatever we've decided. And so, you know, when I see now what God planned for me to do and how he wanted me to execute this, this dream that I had to do something specific It's amazing how much better his plans are than mine were. In fact, I would even go so far to say that the thing that I most desired and wanted that I thought was the absolute best plan is like, I don't know, um, a 1960 Pinto. Pinto as in that little ugly car, that horribly ugly little car that was, I think it was kind of popular, but it's a horrible car. And the thing that he gave me is like a... A 2018 Mini Cooper Countryman, John Cooper Works, turbocharged. (laughs) In other words, it's like the current model year sports car of your dreams uh, compared to that Pinto, which is I was praying for that Pinto like nobody's business. So the answer here is that God is in control and he is looking after our best interests. He's working all things out for our good. And when we begin to accept that and begin to really, I mean, get it down inside, that is when he can start to move in, just he's moving in our lives and we can see it and we can feel it and we can experience it. And the joy of that, the joy of knowing that when we speak to him, he not only hears, but he answers that he is every time we say something, I'm talking about the prayers of frustration, the little utterances that we make, we think the only time we're praying to him is when we say, Heavenly Father, we stop what we're doing. We just, you know, Heavenly Father. And there's, there's time and place for that. But when we're having our excited utterances, <laughs> and you know, oh, Lord, oh, man, I can't believe this. I sure hope. God is like, yes, I know that's what you hope. And, and here's, here's how I'm working that out. He's answering our prayer all the time. So Tell him, don't call your friend, don't text your mom, don't step over to the fence and tell your neighbor, tell him. Let him answer your prayers, let him make himself known in your life, let him do what he wants to do for us, which is everything, he wants to be our number one. Just try it, try it and see won't he do it. He cannot fail. He's not a man that he should lie. God bless you. From the heartland, citizens, enjoy your evening. Back with you tomorrow.